did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it's working. That's good. Yeah. Mine's mine's recording. We're good. We're good. <sighs> we finally figured oh. it out. You know, last we'll minute figuring we'll see it how out. It sounds. <laughs> I mean, um, if you don't like the audio, we'll do better next time. <laughs> I mean, some of our audio this season hasn't been great anyway. So like, it is what it is. We're still new. Yeah, we're yeah. still learning. We're working on it. Yeah, we're looking at courses. We're doing the thing. Yeah, I should look at like Skillshare. They probably have something. Or Udemy. Udemy, I like the best. Skillshare. Skillshare. You have to do like monthly payments, but like Udemy sometimes is usually free courses, and also YouTube is good. What was another one? Oh yeah, and Udemy, uh, you can pay like one price, and then you have the course for the rest of your life. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess uh, we'll just jump right into it. So, welcome back what to the voiceless. We have Chrissy joining us today. Cheyenne is off for this episode. She's taking some well-needed rest time, which we all need extra rest time at this point because we're all just... Mm -hmm. <laughs> exhausted from being locked in our houses um, yeah which at the beginning i'm like oh sign me up for not having to see people like i'm down for that and now i'm like holy christ can i just see one person in person please like oh i can't handle it yeah, absolutely and then like no, that's driving me insane that springs church the other day had some like big maskless grad ceremony bullshit and, and then I saw yeah. the, the pastor like made a statement he was like we've always like been following the provincial health rules and I'm like you guys have been fined like six times during this whole thing for breaking provincial health rules so what the hell are you talking about <laughs> like that's not my definition of following the rules but yeah I feel like I can't even comment on that stuff because I feel like anything that I'm gonna say is just it's just even get us cancelled. <laughs> oh, the church can come for me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, I'm getting my vaccine next Monday. A week from now. Oh. I'm very, very excited. I'm getting mine uh, next Thursday. Pfizer? We vaccinated queens. Uh, yes. Haha, <laughs> Pfizer gang. My whole family is Pfizer. I don't know anybody who's gotten anything but Pfizer. <laughs> I don't know much about which one to get. Yeah. I mean, I'll take any at this point. <laughs> Give me whatever you got. <laughs> Injected into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any... Anything else really to talk about? Because um, what we are going to talk about, I want to wait until Cheyenne is with us also. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll just get right into my case today. It is a, a local Winnipeg one, and I remember when this was happening. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I didn't tell you what it is, did I? <laughs> no, I don't like to know if I'm doing, if I'm doing like a a little like support piece because yeah. it's just more fun for me <laughs> <laughs> well and it's not like it's not like super dark like uh 
I mean, it's bad, but it's not like... And 12 people were murdered. It was, it's nothing like that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Just one person. Well, actually, nobody died. So... Oh, okay. Light at the end of the tunnel? Question mark? <laughs> um, and I'm probably gonna say some of these people's names wrong, and I looked it up, and, you know, the internet, everyone says it differently, so... We're just okay. gonna... <laughs> I won't judge you this time. I mean, my last episode, my solo one, covering uh, farmers' protests and, like, what's happening in Israel right now, I know for a fact I butchered some of those names, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I have a hard time with the English language, never mind, like, <laughs> other languages. <laughs> um, yeah, so... In the 1990s, uh, Guido Amsel and his then-wife Iris immigrated from Germany to Canada and moved to a town nearby Winnipeg, Manitoba. It was in this town that they started an auto body shop. Um, I'm going to be calling the main person by his last name, Amsel, just because I can't say Guido 600 times because all I think of is Jersey Shore. <laughs> And I could be saying that incorrectly, too, so... Um, yeah, so Amsel was in charge of the labor and fixing the cars, and Iris was in charge of the bookkeeping and finances. Um, yeah, so in 2004, um, the couple got separated, um, but the divorce would drag on for years and would eventually turn very, very bitter. Um, I mean, I've never been divorced, but I feel like that happens more often than not. <laughs> Um, so initially they split the shares of the auto repair shop um, with Amsel eventually buying out his ex-wife and he was ordered to pay $500 a month in child support for their son. So in 2010 um, is when the divorce got bad. Sorry, I keep my eyes like so itchy right now. Um. <laughs> Amsel accused Iris of siphoning more than $3 million from the company into secret bank accounts prior to the divorce being finalized. Um, and during the divorce, uh, Amsel had changed lawyers multiple times, and Iris had hired a Winnipeg lawyer to help with the divorce and an additional lawsuit in which Iris claimed Amsel owed her $40,000 from the shop. So the lawyer that Iris hired was named Maria oh, uh, Maria Mitosis. That's not right, Mitosis. <laughs> 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 like, nope, that's science class. Uh, <laughs> maybe you might know how to say it. M I T O U S I S. Mitosis. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Wait, no, that doesn't... I don't know. Maria Mitosis? We'll go with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> if Maria is listening to this, I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> on July 3rd, 2015, uh, Maria was actually off that day, but she had decided to pop into the law firm anyways. And when she got into her office, she noticed a puffy, bubble-wrapped package on her desk that was addressed to her. Um, yeah, so she assumed it was personal as it was addressed to her, and as she opened the package, she found a small pouch holding a voice recorder and a handwritten note. 
The note had instructions for her to play the tape, saying it would have information that would help a case that she was working on. Um, quote, Hi Maria, push enter to start. Listen to the conversation and phone me. We'll help your defense. End quote. Um, the homemade bomb that was hidden inside the, vo the, inside the voice recorder blew up. Uh, Maria said, quote, I remember the sound. It was like a firecracker. Pop. It felt like I was reeling for a moment. I remember feeling off balance, feeling like I was underwater. I just remember feeling very dazed. I felt throbbing in my right hand, end quote. After the bomb went off, Maria said she did not realize the extent of her injuries. She just remembers her colleagues screaming and panicking. Um, Constable Paul Barker was nearby on a call, um, or nearby on an unrelated call when um, over the radio it came out that there was an explosion nearby. And so he got in his car and he said he got there in about 90 seconds, which is impressive for the police department. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he arrived, he found Maria sitting on the floor outside of her office holding her ad or her abdomen. Um, he then called 911. Quote, there was a considerable amount of blood. She had a serious injury to her throat and there was blood running down her face. Um, and at trial, Constable Paul Barker uh, testified, quote, it was like an empty glove. The skin was still there, but the flesh and the bone were gone. When he was talking about her oh right God. hand. Yeah, that's the quote I sent you yesterday. I was like, should I include oh, this in my right. notes? I'm like, or is this like, like yeah, too gross? <laughs> um, so on the scene, they found pieces of her broken eyeglasses and lots of fragments of yellow paper at the scene. Um, so obviously Maria was rushed to the hospital um, where she went underwent a ten and a half hour surgery. <clears throat> Um, when she woke up the next morning, she realized how bad the injuries were. Her arm was completely wrapped up and she was missing her right hand. Um, she also had burns across her neck, chest, stomach, and feet. Um, so close to a year after the explosion, uh, Maria talked to Global News about her recovery. Uh, quote, I'm looking to get back to normal, whatever that means. I'm hoping that by the end of the summer, things will be back to normal. It's a new normal, though. Things are going to be a little different in my life. It is nice to be past yeah. the initial recovery stage and doing more things that I like to do. Um, she also added that she was excited to get back to work. I, when I was reading and, like, typing out this quote, I'm like, wow. I kind of feel the same way with COVID. Like, I'm looking back to getting back to some sort of normal. And hopefully by the end of the summer, yeah. that's when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the following day, um, a second bomb was found at 597 Washington Avenue, which is an auto body shop that uh, Amsel's ex-wife Iris worked at. This package had been bubble wrapped and the copper body of the device had a message embedded in it. Um, it was luckily detonated by police before anyone was hurt, but because of this, only parts of the message were retrievable. Um, so I have what the part of the message they could read and it makes no sense so bear with me <laughs> um so quote turn what you stow and then two l's 
your helpers of CR. So, I mean, you're kind of like, I wish you guys wouldn't have blown it up so we would know what it said, but also if you didn't, somebody else probably would have gotten hurt or died or something. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> um, so two days yeah. later, a third bomb was retrieved and detonated by police at a law office at 280 Stradbrook Avenue. Um, this law office was the former workplace of a lawyer that had previously worked with Ansel. I remember my last job before my current one. Um, well, I can't say current. Yeah. Before I started with the company I'm at now. Uh, this was happening around the same time and we... We were located on Route 90 near, like, the airport. And, uh, there was one day where, like, I don't want to say the SWAT team or whatever, but, like, a bunch of cops showed up at a business, like, I don't know, half a block away from us. And they were, like, detonating a package. And we're all just... And they didn't tell us to, like, evacuate or anything. So we were all just watching out the window. <laughs> okay. And we're like, uh, should we leave? What's happening? <laughs> like, but, so there was a big parking lot. And we were on the north side. And the south side was another business. And they got told to evacuate. But, like, us, which was, like, maybe... I don't know. It was a parking lot. It's not a big one. But we were like, okay, so they're supposed to leave, but we're okay? <laughs> like, we just have to watch and wait what happens? Like, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing exciting really happened, so that's good, I guess. <laughs> but it was crazy remember, to see, like. <clears throat> yeah, I never got to see. I remember around that same time, um, there were sections of, like, neighborhoods that were, like, completely taped off that you couldn't go in, but no one explained what it was, and then later you find out it was a possible bomb. Yeah. I remember at my work, um, they had to, they did some, um, we had some training in order to make sure that, like, <laughs> we, uh, we don't ever open up packages that look uh, shady, and mm -hmm. if we ever have, like, a bomb call or a bomber that calls us, um, we had to like answer, like try and ask questions. Like there was like a whole like training um, manual and uh, a session for it too. It was it was a pretty intense time because again in Winnipeg you don't really think anything like that's ever gonna happen to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean you just assume shootings and stabbings. You know you don't ex <laughs> you don't expect bombs to enter the equation. I saw me. What was it last night that we're number one? Uh, we were number one yesterday in Canada for COVID rate, slurpees and murders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that happened on. I want to say like Friday or something when we had six hundred and three cases. We were talking about it in, in, in one day yeah. in like the group chat for work, and I was like, "Woohoo! Number one for COVID and murder. Hashtag killing it." <laughs> <laughs> and then I apologize. I was like, sorry, that got dark really fast. <laughs> Immediate regret. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. Uh... It's either our trauma is, uh, we trauma laugh. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Our trauma oh, yeah. is our laughter. Well, yep. that's like when I was uh, at the doctor the other day. 
I told you and Cheyenne about it in the group chat what happened and I just started cracking oh. jokes because I'm like I'm trying so hard not to cry right now she's like this like almost never happens I was like oh should I start buying lotto tickets maybe I'm gonna win a million dollars she, she did not find it funny labor. but no <laughs> the when I was uh, when I was in labor, I was cracking jokes um, with my husband and the nurses, like trying to make sure that everyone else felt better. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, t- tell me you didn't have a traumatic childhood without telling me you didn't have a traumatic childhood, or you exactly. did have a traumatic childhood. So did they? So they found out that it was like who like it was them who sent the bomb packages. Um. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They did. He doesn't agree with it, which, um, I do have some notes on that. I just, I'm like, where did I leave off before I got distracted? I'm like, I haven't talked to another person in such a long time. Uh. (laughs) No kidding. Oh my god. Yeah, so two days later, a third bomb was retrieved and detonated by police at a law office at 280 Stradbrook Avenue. Um, this law office was the former place of a lawyer that had previously worked with Ansel. This device was inside a type of greeting card that moved and made noise when he opened it. So, like, the worst one to ever receive. Uh, <laughs> a capsule. It's a glitter, it's a bomb, and I can't know what's, what's worse. Oh, right? I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, a bomb, obviously. We're not being an a- assholes to people who took that statement seriously. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so a quote-unquote capsule was uh, also found at the scene, and after being digitally examined, a third message was found that was in all caps saying, quote, report or we will blow your head off, end quote. Very direct. Uh, (laughs) So Guido Amsel was arrested and charged with attempted murder on July 4th, 2015. Excuse me. Uh, the trial began in October 2017 and lasted roughly eight weeks. Um, by the time the trial began, Amsel's list of charges had increased. Um, the charges were now five counts of attempted murder, one count of aggravated assault, and four counts of using explosives to, explosives to cause bodily harm, aggravated assault, and mischief endangering life. Um, so... Two counts of the attempted murder were on his ex-wife. The incident in 2015 and for another bomb that had exploded at her home in St. Clemens in December of 2013. Um, So there were delays in the trial and sentencing as Amsel originally fired his lawyer while awaiting trial in 2016. And again, in June 2018, he fired his legal counsel and alleged that incriminating evidence had been planted. Uh, He claimed he was being framed and that his ex-wife, the police, and his former lawyer were in on it and that he was the center of an elaborate conspiracy theory. Which, I'm like, okay, dude. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. Like, did they find anything at his place that, that said that he was doing, like, the bombs? Um, doing the bomb. <laughs> uh, he was convicted on these based on DNA evidence and handwriting analysis of the letters. So they didn't do a. They didn't. They didn't have a search warrant to see what was at his place to see if he had tools to make these. Not that I could find anywhere. Um, okay, so it's not. It's not public knowledge that they did that. Yeah. 
So Iris's ex-wife denied those allegations in court. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I would too, even if they were true. I mean, that sounds bad yeah. to say, but... <laughs> Um, Crown pros prosecutors were seeking a life sentence with no chance of parole for 17 years, while his defense asked for um, 20 to 25 years. Um, so yeah, he was convicted based on DNA evidence and handwriting analysis. Um, and on May 17, 2018, Manitoba Provincial Court Judge uh, Tracy Lord found Amsel guilty on four of five counts of attempted murder including attempts made against his ex-wife, Iris, um, her former lawyer, Maria, and Amsel's former lawyer, uh, George Orel? O-R-E-L? <laughs> or Orel? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bombs intended for oh. them were sent through Canada Post. So that's horrifying to think about. That is horrifying. <clears throat> Well, that's like the other day. It was funny. I, uh, I ordered, or I got this thing for a cache, um, to test out for, um, a product that we are going to have a promo code for, um, for smoothmyballs.com or something it's called. It's like a man, man trimmer. Yeah. And so, but like, I got this random notification cause I have that shop app and it was like, oh, UBI shipping blah 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 created a shipping label to be like for a package to be sent to you and for some reason my brain was like I didn't order anything and I'm like who's sending me stuff and then when it came <laughs> I was like is this a trap <laughs> yeah and then yeah, like I actually will need to get a PO box yeah but yeah so that's what that was so uh Everybody who needs a trimmer in their life or their man's needs a trimmer or whatever, we are going to have a promo code soon. I'm just waiting for a full uh, full feedback from Akash on how this thing works and how well. So far, he says it works pretty good, but I'm like, give it like a couple weeks. Don't just tell me after one, one time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they have these cute little things. It's called, uh, it's like a... I think they call it a pube muncher and it looks like a cookie monster thing and it just like eats up all the loose like pube hairs everywhere. Ew. <laughs> I think it's it's I think it's cute, but yeah. I'm like it's less shit to clean up by hand, so I don't know. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Anything that keeps that even true. like Whenever Brennan shaves his beard. Yeah. It's always like it's every like he he puts toilet paper in the sink to catch everything, mm -hmm. but I'm like Oh, it just goes everywhere. You missed a spot. Like when, yeah, whenever Akash uh, trims his beard, which always happens to coincide with right after I clean the bathroom, um, it's just hair everywhere, and I'm like, for fuck's sake. But yeah, so I'm like, even if you're just using it for your body, I don't care. Like, just clean it up after. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, the judge. Tracy Lord had said, quote, I am satisfied based on Mr. Amsel's conspiratorial beliefs about those involved in his civil legal proceedings that he had motive to harm them by sending explosive devices. His motive was to punish them for re their respective roles in the outcome. 
So Judge Lord sentenced Amsel to life with no chance of parole for 10 years for the letter bombs, with an additional 12-year term for the 2013 attempt on his ex-wife. Quote, Mr. Amsel's plan was extremely calculated. It's troubling George and Maria were targeted simply for doing their jobs. Uh, he is not remorseful. He has not taken responsibility for his actions. He demonstrated vengeful contempt and indiscriminate disregard for others in the community who unknowingly came into contact with the bombs. His rehabilitation is questionable at best. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, after the verdict was read, uh, Amsel's current wife sobbed as she was comforted by friends and family. I did see that she wanted to rem remain nameless, um, but she said that she believes he was innocent and that he is a good family man. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's what they he all say. every other serial killer, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Amsel has since stated that he plans to appeal um, his conviction and has made more accusations of a conspiracy in the justice system. Um, according to todayville.com, Amsel, uh, acting as his own lawyer, which always works out great, is asking the province's court of appeal to overturn his convictions on four counts of attempted murder and the other charges. Amsel is accusing one of the three lawyers who had represented him at various points in the trial of planting evidence with the Winnipeg Police Service. Quote, in planting DNA evidence and exhibit numbers is not legal, it is unlawful, um, Amsel wrote in the documents filed with the court. <clears throat> um, his notice of appeal also points to the DNA evidence. Quote, the learned uh, trial judge committed overriding palpable error in her findings of fact pertaining to continuity and integrity of the exhibits determined to have the accused DNA on them. Uh, the document states, and he also stated he is having trouble coming up with the money for an appeal but doesn't trust legal aid or the provincial legal system. And that's the last I could find on that and I think that was two years ago. So, who knows what's going on now, but I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's the only thing that I could, like, if he doesn't, if he has anything about, um, them not even doing a search warrant on his place to see if he had, and there's nothing public knowledge for them <laughs> finding that stuff, and I can see how he'd have a way to try and fight that. Yeah. I mean, like, if I it... mean, but he did have, but, but, like, there is DNA evidence of, on the packages, which is what's really fucked up, so I guess that's enough for them mm -hmm. to go on, but, like, I'm not saying he's innocent, I'm just saying that, like, people are gonna look at any way for them to try and justify their innocence, right? So yeah. I'm thinking if you're not gonna publicly let, let people aware that he had stuff in his house, mm -hmm. or do a search warrant, then... Then again, maybe they're trying to say that he had a different place that he was doing everything from. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at about eight different articles and I couldn't find anything really about that. Um, I'm a, well, I don't want to say I'm assuming, but the fact that he got convicted of the bomb that went off at his ex-wife's in 2013, like two years before all of this, I assume they had like evidence linking that to him as well. Oh yeah. But, yeah, I can see that being a thing. <clears throat> I mean, 
I can't even say innocent until proven guilty because, like, he was proven guilty in court. But also, there are a lot of people that end up wrong wrongfully convicted. So, who yeah. knows? But yeah, that's that on that. And uh, yeah, it was nice to not do one where like it was a brutal murder or anything. I mean, I know that's like our niche, but. Like, Sometimes it's nice to break it up once in a while and not have it be super Absolutely. dark. Well, I mean, bombings are pretty dark. Yeah, for sure. God, it is. I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm so tired. Like, it, I honestly, I think it's the weather. It's been what raining for the last week me yeah. and Ronan have been like Ronan is like me we both need to go outside we need nature to feel human and like yeah. I like to get out of the city once a year just to like just to be away from all the you know sirens and <laughs> stabbings and fireworks that people like to do in the fucking field and yeah <laughs> Or like, I feel like sometimes I need to I need to go on Facebook and play like you know you have like um, your neighborhoods that mm -hmm. you can ask questions to on Facebook and I want to be like who wants to play gunshots or fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a drinking game? <laughs> <laughs> they don't happen as frequently in my area. Is that for that to be you know doable? But in the summer, for sure. I remember. Um, last year when Ronan was like um, two months old or something I had to go out to like Brennan was like don't go out there man I was like I'm going out there I'm angry like if they if they wake up my baby I'm gonna lose my shit mm -hmm. there were some teenagers maybe like 18 and they had like a couple of younger kids with them and they were shooting fireworks off in the in the field and I was just like no this ain't fucking happening so I went out there and um just to make sure it was them and there was like a group of like 20 of them and like i should have probably stayed behind and just made sure you know things were safe but i was just so angry but i calmly said to them and i was like hey so i have a newborn and they were like oh yeah sorry we're just trying to have some fun with the kids and i said yeah but i have a newborn mm -hmm. it is 10 o'clock at night and they were like okay yeah all right Okay, yeah. And then I was just like, cool, cool. And they all went home. I was like, I could have got shanked. <laughs> 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 it pays to be gentle and calm. <laughs> yeah. And look like a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in the city, you never you never know. Like, in, in our area, we never have uh, anything like that, luckily. Like, um, what day was it? There was a, a night a couple months ago, someone in the neighborhood behind us was setting off fireworks, but like, with Drake now, I'm not concerned about it. He sleeps through like the vacuum right next to him, so, um, he My sleeps lucky. like his dad. I remember when, <laughs> Brendan can just close his eyes and go to sleep. Um, Ronan, no. Uh, me, no. <laughs> but I do remember when Ronan... Uh, did like did fall asleep like we have um, a parent coach uh, from access 
and uh, she comes, she used to come like once a week and we would just, you know, chat about like, you know, gentle parenting and stuff like that. And I remember having grown it outside on my lap while we were having like a socially distanced meeting or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, a motorcycle drove by and did it did not wake up Roman and I was like <laughs> but you won't sleep when I sing to you yeah <laughs> you won't sleep when I rock you bounce you you only sleep when I nurse <laughs> but a motorcycle <laughs> doesn't even phase you okay cool 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 oh cool, yeah cool. <laughs> I know, like, there would be times, like, when Drake was younger that, um, he would sleep, yeah, through, like, the the vacuum going, or, like, I stayed at my parents' house for the first couple weeks, um, just because I was having, like, a rough time, and, uh, nothing against, like, Akash or his parents or anything, it was just, like, because I, when I, the day I gave birth to Drake was the day Akash's parents arrived from India also, so it was just like a lot of people all at once. We went from two people in this house to five in a matter of hours. And so, especially right after birth, your hormones are like through the fucking roof and then they're just diving down. So I was having a rough first couple weeks. And so I went and I stayed at my parents' house and they were getting something done in their kitchen. And like Drake was sleeping on my lap on the couch and my dad was like, okay, like I have to run the saw. And I'm like, it should be fine. Like, he, he's not going to wake up. And he didn't. He And I'm like, this is so loud. And he was just, like, passed out. I'm like... <sighs> I'm so jealous, but I'm also so happy that that didn't wake you up. Like, but yeah. I always tell Akash, because oh. he sleeps like he's dead. I'm like, what does it feel like to be God's favorite? Because, like, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> Like, I wake up to, like, thunderstorms and stuff. Like, I I sleep... I'm such a light sleeper, it's so irritating. Like, yeah. I wish I could yeah. just... I've had like... insomnia since I was, like, six. Mm -hmm. I was young. I was very young when I when I realized sleep was not my friend. Um, I used to... I, then I used to start reading to sleep, and then I started watching, like, scary movies to sleep, and then now... <laughs> I um, I used to just watch shows until I fell asleep, and then when Ronan came around, I was like, I need to figure out something because I, it, with the lack of sleep I was having, mm -hmm. <laughs> the amount of sleep I'm having now, I'm not gonna be able to breastfeed. I'm not gonna be able to, you know, be healthy at all if I don't yeah. figure out something. So I found out a way to like Navy sleep, they call it. So it was like what the Navy seals do to like go to sleep, and it's like this weird breathing meditation technique that helps you sleep and that kind of helped and then now I listen to like uh, a podcast called the try guys because <laughs> uh -huh. they're just they're just they just talk about anything and nothing at the same time so I don't mind falling asleep to them instead of having a bright screen you used to just like yeah used to, so I just listen to headphones and I also have some weird angel music that helps me sleep Brendan no he's like Man, I'm tired. He will literally go, I'm tired, and like lean back, put a blanket on his fucking chest, and then fall asleep. I'm like, fuck you. That's not Just fair. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like I. He'll be like, can you rub my back? I'm like, no, because that means I have to stay up longer while I'm trying to sleep to rub your back. Yeah. How about I rub your back, and then you rub my back, and then we did that, and then he'd fall asleep within like 30 seconds of rubbing my back, and then. Like, <laughs> 
Fucker. <laughs> yeah, like, I have a bad habit of, like, I need to have the TV on to fall asleep. I can't sleep in, like, silence. I think because, like, my brain just, like, hears every little movement in the house. And with cats, yeah. there's always something fucking going on. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I... And, of course, in, like, our room now, like, we have... I think it's like an 80 inch TV or something and so like it's bright <laughs> but like I'll fall asleep with it on and it doesn't even bother me and then like Akash is the complete opposite he needs like complete darkness to fall asleep and I'm like it's a good thing we work different schedules like he works overnight so like <laughs> I can have my stuff but I'm noticing Drake's kind of the same way now like at nighttime like we put on Paw Patrol for him or whatever bullshit show he's into at the moment and like he doesn't want you to turn it off before he's like passed out and I'm like this probably isn't great but I'm like I've always been like that and I'm fine so it's probably okay <laughs> I, I don't used know. to think that when if everyone else was asleep and I was still awake to me I would have such bad panic attacks because I thought everyone was dead. <laughs> but like I would never go and try and wake them because I knew that they would be mad if I tried to wake them. Yeah. But I just I just felt so alone at night. Like mm -hmm. that's why I needed to even have um, uh, some noise in the background to make me feel like there's at least people looking after me. Yeah. Or like any kind of noise in the background because it made me feel like I wasn't alone. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure, like, the fact that I need noise to sleep has something to do with some sort of childhood bullshit, but I haven't gotten there with my therapist yet, so... We can't, because of COVID! I mean, I, I've been going to see her once a month, but I could probably push it up, but I'm like, ugh, it's so expensive. I mean, my, my health insurance covers it, but, like, I don't know. I think mine does too, but only like, I'm like a hundred dollars or something. Oh fuck! Like, so one session. Cool. That's so insane. Cool. That's like half a session. Yeah. I mean, my lady's two hundred an hour, I think. Um, I mean, I had to suppress my ADHD and PTSD and GAD for so long because my parents, my my mother especially, was like. Uh, you're broken, and then Archie turned around and be like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Stop making things about you." And then, Jesus. and then like, but then she'd say that I'd be that I'm broken and I messed up, and then, and then tell everybody that I was crazy. But then also when I would get medication or therapy, I, like so. Anyways, I just learned how to do behavioral therapy on myself, and I went to mm -hmm. school because uh, to do to be a counselor. Um, and I ended up having to counsel myself throughout that entire course. <laughs> Damn. So I have, I have tools. Mm -hmm. I have tools, but that was a very traumatic year because you're reading about how, how these people become addicted to things. And I'm like, wow, oh, check that box off, check that box off. Okay. And then you're also reading about how you're supposed to help these people. I'm like, I should probably start practicing <laughs> these tools. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. 
for anyone who, who was ever interested, I went to CDI College for um, addictions counseling, and then they changed the title to be addictions and community service worker um, because they they neglected to tell anybody that was signing up that in order to be a full-fledged counselor you would eat, you would need to do 2,000 hours of um, volunteer work and then you'd have to pay $500 for a uh, like an exam and they didn't tell anybody because um, I remember going in my foster mom was like make sure you ask that it's that you get a counseling degree or counseling diploma yeah and so I did being from CFS and not having anyone to be there to talk to anybody i had talked to the person i was like so this will get me counseling degree and they were like yeah yeah absolutely it will <laughs> and then later on like two weeks later i found out that after i started the course they're like they're like this the director of the fucking program comes into this room and she's like i understand that most of you are addicts i know that you guys are trying to turn your life around what the fuck? but i also yeah i also know that you guys are really good at lying and really good at getting your way and um, it says in the contract addiction to community service worker that does not um, uh, so if you guys want to try and argue that you guys were you guys were uh, whatever out of your court because we all found out around the same time because it's in it's in rotations mm -hmm. anyways CDA college is a scam do not by any means go to that school if you want actual schooling go to university of Winnipeg go to university of Manitoba if you are privileged enough to do so do it I unfortunately was not because <laughs> I had to pay for everything on my own mm -hmm. I think I oh. looked into that program and then changed my mind because like I for the longest time, I wanted to be, like, a psychologist or something to work with the families of people dealing with addictions because, like, my biological father wasn't in my life because of the fact that he was an addict and my mom didn't want me around that. And so I was like, I need to help families that are dealing with this. And luckily, I didn't go down that road because I don't think, as, like, I'm such an empath, I don't think I could mentally handle that kind of stuff like dealing mm -hmm. hearing about mm -hmm. other people's stuff all the time but uh yeah 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 i don't know i decided to do cdi college because i was um 18 and cfs for independent living would usually cut off at 18 mm -hmm. but i asked them if they could help me for one more year and if i was if i could go to college or if i went to college if they would help me for one year and with Métis CFS I guess they really wanted someone to graduate so they did help me out for one more year um, so that's why I was so scared of dropping out of my course was I thought that if I dropped out of CDI, CDI um, I would lose my my apartment because then I would have no place to live mm -hmm. and they don't help you after 18 in fact my independent living worker and my social worker were so hard to contact and I had I was I was switched around with social workers a couple of times, so I didn't trust that I would have anyone's back. The only thing that I was depend that I knew that I could depend on was the check that was coming into my mail yeah. and going to the the landlord. That was the only thing I could depend on. So yeah, I decided that instead of going to psychiatric nursing that took four years, I would do CDI college because I was working because CDI college hours were 
7.30 to 12.30, and I could work full-time from 1.30 to 9.30 every day. Yeah. Oh my god, I do not suggest to anybody, <laughs> it was the hardest. And then, I re and then there was a hiring freeze right after I graduated, and no one was taking uh, that, that diploma seriously, yet I paid like $18,000 to have that diploma. Yeah. Fuck. That should be a whole other episode of this bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, I, I tend to ramble. It's not on purpose. It's just I end up just talking and then trying to help other people, you know, not make the same mistakes. I end up either sounding like a nagging mom or just a rambler that tries to make things about myself. I swear to God, it's not the point. It's not what I'm trying to do. It's just I don't get to talk to many people very often. <laughs> oh, no, I totally get it. I'm the same way. Like, I feel so bad sometimes um, talking to like people or even like in the group chat and you or Cheyenne say something and I'm like, oh yeah, I've had something like that too. And I'm like, this isn't about you. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do the same thing. It's, because it's my way of trying to um, empathize and relate to other people so they don't feel so weird about coming out about their struggles. Yeah. Right? Like, and I'm if like, you think I'm not. That you've had a bad. I'm not trying to say I can one up you. It's like, yeah. no, I understand where you're coming from. You, you are loved, and you have a safe circle here. Exactly. Yeah. And for anyone listening too, that you can always like DM uh, the podcast if you ever want to ask me questions. I'm sure Ash and Cheyenne can get to me and ask me questions. I'm sure we could find you <laughs> or the girls. Track yeah. you down. Go Liam Neeson <laughs> on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> I think I actually have to head out soon because Ronan woke up and uh, I gotta save my husband from my toddler. <laughs> Only because he needs breast milk. <laughs> no problem. I, I have to pee again. But thank anyways, you for so. having me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I guess I'll round out the episode. Um, yeah, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, we're at the Voiceless True Crime Podcast on Twitter. Voice. <laughs> At first, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, "Is she doing what I think she's doing?" Um, just double dicking. Uh, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter at uh, Voiceless True. We're on Patreon. Um, the Voiceless True Crime Podcast. If you can't find us, because sometimes. I can't find us when we search and sometimes it works. Just send us a DM and we'll get the link for you. We have a website. The link is in our Instagram bio. We do have a YouTube channel, but there's no videos on there yet. Um, but you can follow us. It's the Voiceless a True Crime Podcast. We're on TikTok. I think Voiceless Podcast. Well, there's no videos on there either. We're working on it. Um, what else? I think that's it. Um, yeah, yeah, I follow your stuff, your stuff too, and I share as much as I can. Yeah, keep commenting yeah. and sharing and liking, and we we thoroughly enjoy that you guys are enjoying our content on Instagram right now. Um, I'm proud of you guys. You guys did so good. You guys are doing amazing. I mean, for the I Instagram think... posts, I really got a shout out Cheyenne because she does most of that yes. stuff. Yes, um, yeah, she does amazing work. Yeah, and yeah, case suggestions, anything like that, shoot us an email. Oh, email. Gmail. Uh, so our email is voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. You can send case suggestions, any comments, concerns, uh, 
content you want for season two, which is going to be starting in August. Um, anything like that, you can send that way. And yeah, I think that's it. So thank you guys for listening. Stay safe, lock your doors, be nice to each other, don't be an asshole, get vaccinated, and uh, wear a mask. And we'll see you later. Mm -hmm. Bye. Yeah. Bye.